WV Uncommonplace. This podcast is a variety podcast that houses numerous series to cover mental health, empowerment, podcast framework, and various intimate theories to get to know the hosts. Along with occasional movies, reviews, and dives in pop culture with our event podcast episode. The Uncommonplace digs into bringing guests on that stories don't fit the mold and are very different. WV stands for the great state of West Virginia and every quarter we cover something in West Virginia. Stacy and myself JR are your hosts so please come along for this venture to Uncommon Plate. I wanna dance. Keep going, just do what you're doing. I wanna dance with somebody. With somebody that loves me. Ooh, ooh. I can't really sing, but you know, when Houston, she kind of drives that out of you. I think this is something we should start doing. As soon as we get in here, take it from the king and just hit that record button and go. And, and let it roll. That's golden yep. right there. I'm JR. I'm Stacy. And we're here uh, to do a review on a movie. It is called Whitney Houston, I Want to Dance with Somebody. And this is the one that came out in 2022. Yeah, this is the one that got the major release. I think the other one came out on, like, Lifetime or something like that. Something like that. I don't know. Yeah, we don't know. And that's the one I watched uh, on Hulu or Netflix? Yeah, somewhere. I want to say Hulu. Yeah, so it might might have been a Lifetime movie. But either way, that's what inspired us to go into this. And this has nothing to do with Black History, so I want to clear that up real fast. Um, So... Right, because you, you you caught me watching it, and I was like, oh, yeah, it's really cool. And we want to start out by saying these two movies are completely different. Totally different. I mean, you get, you get more of Whitney's story in this one, and you get more of Bobby's involvement in the other one. Right. Um, and one thing to clear the air up here... For anybody that gets triggered by anything, my response is always, you're responsible for yourself. So be very careful with this movie because this movie um, puts a persuasion of Whitney Houston that some people may find to be fictitious, but it has been countered to be true. Right. And it's just like anybody else, you know, you're entitled to your opinion. You might not agree with something that we say, but that's okay because... What you think is what you think, and what I think is what I think. So, I'll get started with my limited history of Whitney Houston. And it's not limited, but this is how it goes for me, if you don't mind me doing this. That's fine. Um, I just want to start out by saying, again, we're doing the Whitney Houston, I Want to Dance with Somebody, the 2022 release. Um, everything in this movie you can find on Wikipedia. Um, you can Google it, whatever you want to do. Um, we do encourage you to go out and watch it. Um Everything that we say is our opinion and our opinion only. We are not getting paid for anybody's likeness or any type of commission off of this. And we are not being encouraged to say anything positive or negative. All right. And on that, let me do this real quick. So Whitney Houston in my lifetime. Um, I grew up with quite a few different albums. Um, the only one that struck a chord with me before we go anywhere was I'm Your Baby Tonight. And I think that was like 1991. Um, the album, the very first album she came out with, I heard songs, but I was born in 1985. So between cleaning my mom's house and dad's house, they played the records and it was her first album. She had like real short hair on it and stuff like that. I don't remember the title of it, but I know that it was the starting point for her. Um, throughout my life, Whitney Houston 
was very pivotal in making music up until um it was a movie on i think it was the the prince of egypt the prince of egypt was a soundtrack that she was on and then after that she made music in the 2000s but she was never prevalent in my life again in a major level after the prince of egypt okay and those are just things that he recalls so there could be some you know discrepancies in there but you know how the memory goes <laughs> oh yeah um to me um music that's basically all i knew her for i didn't realize it was as in depth and um other people played such a big role in her career i i mean i'm not the one that dug a whole lot into to music it was mostly country that we listened to but we did catch some of her major songs and the one thing I'll say here is that Clive Davis, that's one thing I want to give a huge shout out for. If you do not know who Clive Davis is, I wish that, I hope that he gets his own movie because he is a musical genius. Clive Davis strikes a chord in this movie. Yeah. Um, and just a little filler real fast. Um, she comes from a prestigious family. Her mother was a um, pretty accomplished singer. Her cousin or her aunt, whatever whatever Dion Warwick is, Dion Warwick is the biggest person in her family to her be famous. Her cousin to be famous. So Whitney Houston grew up around royalty. She grew up with the Aretha Franklins. She grew up with singers. So it's not like she didn't just come like run of the mill. Right. Her talent is beyond run of the mill. Um, she is one of the most accomplished athlete. I mean, not athletes, uh, <laughs> singers. I mean, it does take a lot of talent and i guess um physical physical stuff to to do it so i mean singers and are um athletes in their own way so um real quick here she broke she holds a lot of records and she holds a lot of things that have not been broken uh since so her accolades and stuff like that like she like stacy said you can go look all that stuff up on Wikipedia and different places like that. So, quick thing. Um, two Emmys, six Grammys, 14 World Music Awards, 16 Billboard Music Awards, 22 American Music Awards, and it says collected of 28 entries in the Guinness World Record. Okay, and then her movie chops. Um, one thing I want to talk about before we get into her actual movie that we're going to talk about. She started in a very successful movie, The Bodyguard. Yes. The Bodyguard garnered a single. And Stacy's on the computer right now. She's about to look <laughs> that up for us. Um, because The Bodyguard soundtrack had a song that was um, made by, written by Dolly Parton in the 70s. And that song would later... It didn't catapult Whitney Houston's career, but it made her a phenom and a full star. Okay. So, yeah, it says the soundtrack features five songs, which were hit singles for Whitney, or well, for Houston. Um, I Will Always Love You, which is a cover of the Dolly Parton song, which is amazing in its own self, too. So make sure you check her out as well. (laughs) Um, I'm Every Woman, a cover of the Shaka Khan song. Um, and then her two Oscar nominated songs, I Have Nothing and Run to You, and then Queen of the Night. 
And if you get a chance, definitely check those out. But definitely going back to that Dolly Parton song, that song catapulted her into a level of stardom that no one could take away from her. Right. She was the equivalency of what Elvis, Michael Jackson, the Beatles. She is what you strive to be in music. Right. Um. So the next thing that I want to talk about before we get deep into this, and this is for our trigger people, um, there is a lot of substance abuse in this movie. Yes. So you have to be very careful with that, and you have to um, associate yourself with these matters. They go into detail, and then they go out of detail. If you pay attention, they put something in the movie. It's a little quick uh, (laughs) situation. Right, so we have a big spoiler alert here. So if you haven't watched the movie yet and you want to be surprised, just hit pause and come back to us later. Because, like you said, it's a very surprise. You didn't, we, I didn't even realize it in the beginning. And some of you might judge me, but that's okay. And so the first thing, when this movie starts off, you get a story of Whitney Houston, kind of like, not necessarily in school, but just vibing in her town. Right. And the first major topic that comes up is homosexuality. Right. Well, see, to me, at first, it wasn't as obvious, I guess. Because I, d- I didn't know who either one of them really were. Like, I knew that her character, who she was, but I didn't know who this other person was. Robin. Right. And um, you you said that when it was first going, you know, that must be Robin. And um, you already kind of knew the history of it. Yes. And, and me, I, I didn't. So, to, to me, it didn't make it blatantly obvious of what was going on until a little bit further into the movie and daddy dearest called him out on it right and one thing that they were very tasteful in and i'm not saying this tasteful in the sense of that i don't care what type of sexuality spread in movies but you did not actually see an embrace like a kiss or anything in the very beginning of it that tied you and you seen an embrace right like a, a hug yeah and then em- embrace yeah and, and then embrace could be construed anyway so, you, so right that's, so it's all kind of how you perceive it true you could say oh yeah they're really good best friends and that's all there is and then like i mean there are a couple points um there is some physical abuse that you know is going on in this movie um over three different sections i think it was wasn't it like right in the beginning a little bit in and then towards the end right and, and the one major the second major thing that i caught in this movie i don't know if you caught it it was a, that verbal abuse between the mother and father yeah yeah see that's kind of part of it i didn't know if there was any physical abuse with that i couldn't I, it didn't I, really I, show I, anything I, but you yeah, heard noises yeah i kind of zoned out for a second or maybe like you said it just didn't show it and but we know that there was a lot of, of verbal abuse coming from the dad and i mean the mom wasn't too innocent either because she was going ham on him. Yeah, the mom did not let up. And that was one thing I did like about it because it, <laughs> it gave you a dynamic. But it told the story of what would happen to them later on in the movie. Right, but it wasn't... See, that's another thing. It wasn't like blatantly obvious. Like, if I didn't know, I wouldn't have realized they got a divorce. Right, I didn't. that was something that I didn't see in it. Yeah. Um, as Whitney, and I, I know it's a lot to put in a movie, but... Yeah. So, so as Whitney Houston is set up to, for success, her mother sets her up for success. Basically is what the movie sh- says. Is that how it really was, or...? Um, that's how it's stated. Okay. And, and I guess we'll have to go with that narrative, because that's the way <laughs> they want it portrayed. Right. So the mother set her up for success. The father was a businessman, but mm-hmm. he was a shrewd 
and he was not a fair businessman in this movie. Throughout this movie, it gets played out. You start seeing things in his character. So we see mm-hmm. that his mistress at first. Right. And this is whenever he is working for a company. Right. And from that point on, it gets real rocky and heavy with their relationship because he's handling her finances. Right. It makes him it makes him look like a, a bad guy. But at the same time, it makes it... I don't know. See, that's kind of another thing. It it doesn't really portray anybody as a good or bad person. It portrays these people as, oh, hey, y- you know, they made some type of mistake. And it's okay. Everything is forgiven. That's what I got out of this movie. And, and I got that, too. So, going into the ties of her actual sexuality, mm-hmm. her father made it a point to make it really tight for her to be with males. And there are certain things that I'm not going to mention about certain superstars that were in this, not talking about Bobby Brown, but talking about someone from the Jackson family. And I'll just leave it at that. (laughs) So there were things that were thrown out there and strategies that her father wanted her to use inside the industry to make her a bigger star. Right. Basically, um, they wanted Robin more involved with her life or she did. And or more involved with her career and dad said listen we're not going to do this I don't care what you guys do in your personal home I know you guys live together and whatever's going on is going on but you both need to date boys males right you know you need to be seen with men you need to date men so from that point on we go into her career mm-hmm. and the first album um, is real tight there Inside the first album, um, there's a few hits off of that first album that are really, really big. Uh, She had catchy tunes. And in the midst of this first album, after it comes out, um, she's at a black radio station. And this is something that I want to speak on real quick. And the black radio station said that she wasn't black enough. Right. Said that her music wasn't urban enough for her to be considered in the black community. And that was one thing that I was very shocked that they put in this movie because normally they don't tie that kind of uh black on black um encounter like that in a movie they usually try to water it down and make some kind of other innuendo because there are people that get offended easily and they know that but i'm kind of like you i liked seeing that to know what she dealt with because if you look at the artists that wrote the songs for her, majority of them were white, right? Right. So I don't I'm not agreeing with what was said and said to her, but it makes it make sense. Kind of like I don't Right. Does that make sense of what I'm trying to say? Right. And, and then it and it's one thing that it teaches it teaches teaches a teaches anybody that's not black. It teaches us about teaches you about the interracial competition. Right. Amongst us. And um, even I, I've seen that, and I'm not trying to go deep into me or anything, but even I've seen it in doing this podcast. Right. You know, people say I'm not urban enough. So, like, I really related to that. I was like, why would someone want to judge me on the merit of my skin or my color? Right. And Whitney shut it down. Her and Robin, boom, killed it, left the studio. It was nothing more about it. Right. Um, she had a very, very um, aggressive response, but I think very warranted Oh, yes. And outside of that, it was kind of like, wow. Like, wow, this is really being told. And it was in short form. It was real quick. And then newspaper articles are a big thing inside this movie. That's the thing that you have to pay attention to. 
because the tabloids stated something about her being gay in the 80s. Right. And then it said other stuff about her in the community. And if you paid attention to the tabloids, which they were only shown like... Quick. They were quick. quick. I literally had to glimpse at them. I, I pay attention to detail <laughs> right. and everything. So I've seen it. So these I mean, little, I caught that part, but I'm sure there's other stuff on there that you caught that I didn't. Yeah, it was so much uh, throughout the movie that if you paid attention to the newspapers, it told you about what was going to happen next. Now, going further into this, you go into her career and you get into the 90s. Between the late 80s and early 90s, she meets Bobby Brown at a movie, I mean, at an award ceremony. And the next thing you know, her and Bobby Brown have their fiasco in their life. I cannot comment or say anything between both movies about what went on mm-hmm. what we've seen in the public eye is what we've seen in the public eye the private story can never truly be told unless Whitney was still here and Bobby was here so on right. that part I don't want to review that part or say anything because it's a lot of stories in it we- it, 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 it is and that kind of takes us back to the beginning where I said this movie and the other movie is completely different um, and this is just a quick touch on it and it's just what we saw in the movies in this movie, um, it kind of made her f- seem like the bad person. Right. In the other movie, it made made it f- seem like, yeah, she was the one that introduced the extracurricular activities, but he was more of the aggressor. Right. And so it, those those are the two differences in these, and I think that's about yeah, and, and, that, and that's can, what got me because. In this movie, it tells you of her drug use before right. Bobby Brown. Right. And if you cover Bobby Brown like I have, everybody knows that he's one of my favorite artists when right. it comes to the 80s. Um, inside of that, that drug use that she had, she was on hard drugs before him. Yeah. And Is that what was that what's out there? Yeah, because they showed her, her smoking the weed in the very beginning. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it, it, it is. And... It is to a lot of people. It isn't to a lot of people. So that, again, is another, you know, you take that as you, as you see it. Yeah, those, so that's one of these ones. Yeah, those are just our opinions. Um, yeah, and it was kind of like made it seem like it was only here and there. But when she got with him, it got worse, but it didn't show a lot of his involvement, I don't right. think. Right, in this movie it didn't. It showed her right. getting that cocaine, boop, 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 rolling that. right. That dollar bill, or no, she had a five dollar, a hundred dollar bill. She was rolling no hundreds, <laughs> rolling hundreds, and, and putting it through her nose. Right. Now, as we went further, when they showed some of her music accomplishments, and they showed her musical failure, it did, and it, and it really touched me because she had singles come out for a few years. She didn't even make albums. Mm. She was doing songs. She was living off the strength of doing movies because at that time, right, it did make it seem like all she ever did was make singles. It didn't portray her actual albums or talk a whole lot about those. Right. And that was the only thing that got me because I'm Your Baby Tonight was a powerful album. Yeah. And it didn't touch... This is the thing that got me. I know that they probably didn't have Disney involved in this. It didn't touch on her movies that she went on besides The Bodyguard. Because mm-hmm. she had stronger movies outside of that. Like she played uh, the fairy godmother in a movie with Brandy as, as uh, Cinderella or something like that. Or whatever it is. Um, the Preacher's Wife she had successful movies like she had made that that gap from right she had one two three four five six seven movies that she was in yeah and the preacher's wife wife was one of the biggest ones Mm. besides bodyguard bodyguard to me stands as her biggest movie right and i think it helps that that was her first movie and what i read um it was never advertised that it was a black and white couple right 
it was only Kevin Costner's character on the front, and they didn't have any of her on it. But it still, like, it made a big profit. And then she pushed together her and what we know now, Angela Bass is one of the biggest uh, actors actresses out here. They had a movie called Waiting to Exhale. Waiting to Exhale is the woman's, and whoever else, other pronouns, it's the... I'm done. I'm tired of you cheating on me movie. Mm. And it was one of the biggest movies. We'll be reviewing it later because it's, it is the woman's anthem. Okay. I it haven't is, seen it and I, I love Angela Bassett. Yeah. It was, and this what, it, that was after Tina Turner movie. Was it? Loved, yeah. Okay. So that movie with them in it is four other women in it all together. I think it was, it, it was like yeah. 94. Whitney Houston, Angela Bassett, Loretta Devine and Leela. Sean. Yeah, and I think it was like 94, maybe? 95? Mm, 95, December 95. was the release date, yep. And it was one of those... It didn't do that, didn't do that great. Right, but it was like one of those cult classics. Yeah, it was one right, of them big right. deals. It yeah. probably did better out of the box office. Yeah, so that okay. was one of those deals like that was one of her things. So she had royalty when it came to her movies. Like, she didn't have any duds, you know, maybe not best, you know, sales and all right. that on certain ones. But she had anthems. So I can see why her music got relaxed. Right. And so seeing how much that th- these movies made, it kind of takes you back to and wraps us around to her dad. So what had happened is you slowly in this sh- movie start seeing more involvement with his assistant. And then it, it kind of jumps to them, him um, building his own office. Yeah. Like, he has his own building, and it starts there. And next thing you know, he's handing out credit cards to everybody. So, to me, that's a red flag. I'm like, oh, snap, what's Daddy doing? <laughs> yeah, and it was real and, crazy that he fundled... He, he uh, we'll, say, we'll say it in the terminology, termer, <clears throat> terminology that everybody knows. He fumbled the bag really bad. Right. And she had to go out on tour, and no offense to whatever went on with Bobby Brown. She was spending money over there, but she was... Her dad was leeching that money off of her. Right. He was... Living his life. Yeah, he was living his best life, as you you like to say. Um, So, the next thing we see is she's on a a private jet. She gets off the plane. She looks at the pilot and says, make sure you're ready. I'm going home tonight. And basically, he's like, "Um, we have to have permission for that. She's like, from who? And he said, your father. And she goes, it's my money. It's my jet find a new crew i'm going home and then from there whoever her assistant is maybe is that who she was yeah her personal assistant she's like i want to see the finances and then that's when things start trickling yep found out she only had like seventy thousand dollars and she um she went to her dad and was basically like where's my money i've made hundreds of millions of dollars where is it and the dad tried to play it off, and the dad did the one thing that I do. He wasn't go. And the one thing that I liked about him in this film, he did not go back and forth on nothing. Right. When he said what he said, even though she was mad at him and, until he was on his deathbed, but when he was alive, she sat down when he spoke. Not right. in, a, in a subservient way, but he wasn't going back and forth. He was going to let you know what his plan was, and his plan okay. was to get the money back, put her on tour. Right. After he squandered. It was a world tour, wasn't it? Yeah, is like what 70, he said he, 70 dates. That he had to do. She had to do. Yeah. And Clive uh, Davis did not like that. Clive Davis... uh, He thought it was a lot for her voice. 
And he was very good to her up until he had to get involved with her life personally. Was it? When, when he, he had to get her to go to rehab. This is kind of getting outside of the scopes of the show. Yeah. Um, but yes, it does show that part in the movie. Um, and I it kind of makes you appreci- appreciate. Because in the beginning, he goes, I don't care about your personal life. That's your business. All I care about is your music. And then you see her come to his house with her daughter. And he's like, all right, listen, you got to go to rehab. You have no other option. You're going. And then it shows her dealing with that. And it kind of looks like she's getting better. Right. And the the way that we'll close this out, because we've read this is a pretty long episode. Um, <laughs> it's a long movie. Um, yeah, the only topics that we didn't touch on are the daughter. And I'll say this in the movie, my perspective, mm-hmm. please give yours after mine if you don't mind. Um, the daughter, they were very careful with how they portrayed her. Yes. I didn't get a character from the daughter. Right. And that's fine. I mean, I think that they protected her. Um, and then it made her, made her seem very supportive of her mother. Um, she, she knew what was going on. She, um... And after she got help, you know, it's like, I'm proud of you. And then it shows her, and it go, we go to 2009, I believe, mm-hmm. whenever she did the Oprah Winfrey show. Um, and then it jumps to 2012. Right. And with the closing of this, um, I will not speak on Whitney Houston's death again, because that's something that's wide knowledge. Uh, that story's been betrayed. You know, everybody knows. I know that, but... They That's what we're doing a review. It's the whole point of the show. But, but, I, but I want to say it like this: in the movie, they were very classy with yes. it. They went back to before she was about to die. They went back to a moment in 1994 or 95 when she right. performed at some award show and she did the most amazing performance of her life. Yeah, and then it cut. Right. So here's the part where we're going to do the spoiler for you because we didn't pay enough attention to realize it. So there were two points in the show where she did autographs. One in the beginning, um, she was doing autographs. Next thing you know, this guy with long blonde hair brings her a pen and says, hey, Whitney, can I get your autograph? I didn't think nothing of it. He took the notebook with him. She put the pen in her purse, you know. Um, And then it wasn't until the second time at the end in 2012 that it showed um, that same guy. I'm like, hey, wait, something's going on. And next thing you see is him going to the trash can, pulling the money out of the notebook, throwing the notebook in the trash. Because we thought your first reaction was, oh, I bet he's going to sell her signature or copy it and put it on some type of contract. Yeah, I was and like, that's what I don't know. I was like, that's kind of weird. But I like that little, you, we don't know if that is how it happened. But I like how they put that in there. Yeah, and that little twist is what made this movie stick with me. Because we yeah. watched it last night. It, w- it wasn't even on our itinerary. We were, we're scheduled people. We, <laughs> we got our cr- criminal minds and other stuff. So right. so seeing that, and it, you know, after I was done, it gave me a lot to think about today, for instance. Like, I was like, wow, all this happened with Whitney Houston. And even if there's, you know, they put fiction somewhere. Right. Even if that pen part was fiction. Right. It made it so much better. It, believable. It made it so believable. Yeah. And, and that's what stuck me. So, um, on a rating for this movie, since we don't have a rating scale yet, um, I'm going to rate this as another one that's going in the bank with Megan. Okay. Um, I think we should do Kick It keep it on the shelf or put it in the front and we'll watch it again 
um, I definitely think it'll be on the front and we'll watch it again. Yeah, definitely on the front. Because, like I said, with the biography type deal and and how it was played out, it was a very tasteful movie. Um, but the running time is 146 minutes. Yeah, so so you that get, is over two hours. You got to give your life away yes. for that. And, and I suggest when you watch this, um, don't research like I did. Don't research during the movie and look at stuff. Because when you do... You're missing small details. You, you miss the small details, but you get a richer thought. So I would say after you're done watching this movie or before you watch it, do a little history on Whitney Houston's album arc from the beginning to 1991 or whenever I'm Your Baby came out. Because after that, they don't cover albums. They cover sporadic songs here and there. And it'll give you kind of a a feeling of who she was and what her movement was. And to cap this off for me and to leave it at this, the Super Bowl national anthem the way that they portrayed that made me go back and watch it while i was traveling today right and you said it was very accurate like that's that's how it was and i i like that they put that little person personal bit in there so um we want to thank everybody for listening um if you haven't watched the movie yet and you made it this far with us I hope we didn't ruin it too much for you, but we did give you a warning, so. (laughs) All right, so definitely in the near future, make sure that you take some time and watch this. And I'm JR. And I'm Stacy. Please follow WV Uncommonplace on Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, TikTok, where we have some great content, Facebook, LinkedIn. Hit up the merch store at oncommonplace.square.site. Join the email list from the website and rate, subscribe, and give feedback from your favorite podcatcher. And lastly, thanks for listening and tune into the next episode.